and welcome back to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Today on the podcast, we're going to be taking a look at the Wild Arms series. It's another long overdue episode. I feel like a lot of this season has been, you know... Catching up. (laughs) Yeah, catching up. Long overdue procrastinating topics here yeah wild arms has some wonderful music uh this is a series that started on the ps1 and then moved its way mm-hmm. to the ps2 saw one release on the psp i think it's been a few years since there's been a wild arms game but i know a lot of our fans love the music of this series and it's it's a suggestion that um it's not necessarily a patreon suggested episode but it's just one that we've got emails and comments right over the years uh, to do and we've featured some music from the series and we're a fan of it so it's, it's going to be a good episode I think I agree. I'm also enjoying all these Patreon suggested topics because mm-hmm. not only is it a way to for us to sort of share our thanks with you know our individual patrons, but I think our our fan community as a whole, we are so grateful to all of you, and we've learned and discovered so much music just that you guys have taken the time to share with us either via email or on on social media. Really in the years that we've been doing this show um it's really added up so much of the so much of the music that we've talked about and celebrated on this podcast for sure we really never would have known about if it wasn't for our incredible fans so thank you yeah so so like we said this this episode there's not a a one particular person that suggested it this is probably about like 10 15 people over the years have said you guys should do wild arms so we're finally gonna gonna do wild arms so this is a really unique series uh very charming music it's kind of like western as far as the the genre of film like old westerns like think like clint eastwood Mm -hmm. that type of music like morricone mixed with japanese folk music it's like a perfect split 50 50 that's what you're going to get with the music and it's very charming the series composer is um, a very talented composer by the name of machiko naruke and i believe that's pretty much all she's done for the most part has been the wild arm series and what's interesting is as we get later on in the series, eventually other composers did take over for the music. Um, and I actually think that was quite wonderful. In my opinion, listening to this whole series, I think th- the best soundtracks are the very first one, actually, sure. on PS1, and then actually Wild Arms 5, which was when they really started to shake things up with new composers and a new style. So I think those two soundtracks are, are especially good. But yeah, th- there's just good music throughout um, I think we're going to get a lot of ballads today with a lot of whistling. <laughs> so you guys should just be prepared for that. It's going to be a good time. Well, I'm game. Why don't we dig into it, man? Let's do it. All right. So what you guys heard in the beginning of the episode was the town theme from Wild Arms, which came out in 1997 for the PS1, once again, composed by Michiko Naruke. Let's continue with that first score. We're now going to move on to a very pretty piece called Hope. Let's take a listen. Thank you. 
Well, that's delightful. You guys are listening to Hope from Wild Arms, composed by series composer Michiko Naruke. Just the first taste of a very delicate, uh, very earnest ballad. We're going to get a lot more mm-hmm. of these ballads today. Naruke has a, a very wonderful style of composing. Again, the, the setting of these games takes place in kind of like a Western American Old West location. So that's mm-hmm. the reason why the music was, you know, going in this direction. But what I actually really enjoy, and especially when I when I dove in and listened to everything, I realized that that's just kind of a surface level like aesthetic choice like you're going to hear you know castanets and whistles and and, and guitars and things like that but musically i would say there's actually more in common with uh, japanese folk music than there necessarily is with the like american western style yeah a track like this really brings to mind a lot of americana music Mm -hmm. and i think you bring up an interesting point carl is that uh, one of the things that makes it sound like Japanese folk music is something that makes it sound like a lot of folk music, which is this melody that revolves around the pentatonic scale. Sure. When I think about a composer like Aaron Copland, who did a lot of settings of you know existing Appalachian folk tunes or what have you, and he even you know would write some original melodies in that style. Or you oh, yeah. think about like Dvorak, or you know there 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 is this kind of American folk music sound that's very pastoral and and sweet and pleasant Um, but there's something kind of universal about that pentatonic scale that shows up in almost every single musical culture some form of that pentatonic scale it's one of the most universal things about well that's a really interesting point how it kind of relates to both japanese folk music and americana folk music there's there's this through line between all of it so really what we could Mm -hmm. say maybe today is that uh there's a strong folk influence just regardless of the specific culture it's just a lot of different folk music yeah and you know if you guys are interested bobby mcferrin who some of you might know is this incredible musician and does a lot with his voice he's can he can kind of make one voice sound like you know a whole band of instruments he's Mm -hmm. he's sort of an insane genius uh but he did this i think it was like a ted talk and basically just about the pentatonic scale and how universal it is in so many different cultures and it's something that is like inside of us and it's amazing how he sort of like plays the audience and gets them to predict the next note sort of mm-hmm. trying to prove the universality of that scale yeah we'll have to share that video either on twitter maybe on our discord that would be that it's a it's a really cool video um i've actually shared that video with some of my piano students some of my uh kind of kid piano students and uh when we're starting to introduce the pentatonic scale and they really get a kick out of that it's 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 <laughs> quite powerful he is just um, so much fun yeah, he, he's he's amazing. So yeah, we're, we're going to get more of that vibe. Uh, it'll be fun to talk about uh, the Japanese versus the Western, American Western influence as we move on today. So let's move on to, um, I think, one of the strongest themes in the first Wild Arms game. Uh, and this is kind of the typical style of when I think of Wild Arms. This has a little bit more of a, a grooving drive to it. There's drums and there's electric bass, but you still get kind of that whistle lead. Uh, And this does feel like a nice hybrid between the East and West. Let's take a listen to Migrant Birds of the Wilderness, also known as Rudy's Theme. (laughs) 
Some interesting modulations here. You guys are listening to Rudy's theme, also known as Migrant Bird of the Wilderness, from the first Wild Arms, composed by Michiko Naruke. Almost literal and direct quoting of Morricone here in terms sure. of that. Yeah, da. It here it goes ba ba, mm-hmm. but the original is yeah da da da. Right. So <laughs> by literally changing one note. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's been stated before um, by not just Naruke, but probably uh, some of the other developers of this game. Like th- that was a very intentional choice. I, mm-hmm. I have a feeling they probably used some Morricone temp music. You know, while they were working on the game, because that's definitely right. what they they wanted people to get that connotation. And this isn't the only series that does that. It, it's kind of become a cliche in almost any medium that's trying to evoke an old Western. Uh, what I find really interesting about that is Morricone's approach to scoring Westerns was very unique and different at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if we think about something like The Magnificent Seven by Elmer Bernstein, that score doesn't have any of those things. You know, there's no, like, baritone guitar and, you know, there's none (laughs) of those kind of cliche associations we have with Western. It's this big, lush, elaborate Americana orchestral Mm -hmm. score, similar to, like, what Alan Silvestri was trying to do in Back to the Future 3 or right. um, similar to the Randy Edelman theme from uh, Shanghai Noon. It, that was sort of the sound of Westerns. And what I find so interesting is what Morricone did was so effective and so different that kind of I think everything. we don't kind of appreciate that enough because now we think of it as a cliche. But at the time, it was probably so bizarre and audacious and different. It's just one of those really effective and kind of... I don't know, genius musical pairings between picture and music that it's now, unfortunately, like all great things has sort of become a pastiche and a cliche, but it's it's so cool. Well, now we're going to move on to one of the most singular and unique tracks in this first Wild Arms game. It's called Morning of the Journey, and it's like this solo Rhodes uh, piece of music. It's very beautiful. Uh, doesn't seem to have much of that like American Western influence. It's definitely a track that's just on its own. Let's take a listen to this Morning of the Journey from Wild Arms. Beautiful. You guys are listening to Morning of the Journey. And as we get into this later section, there is a little bit more linkage to the, the, the typical sound that, we, that we're hearing in the Wild Arms series. But for this first section, uh, it, it kind of feels like Naruke is maybe regressing back to just straight J-pop. It's just, it sounds very cheesy and kind of 80s. 
Um, but it's interesting how that evolves into this this other section, which you know has a little bit more orchestral elements and maybe would would remind me of something I might see in like an American Western film. But yeah, it starts really off like it. very different. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it was setting aside the context. It's just a really beautiful piece of music. I mean, it all is. of uh, that first section, you know, we were joking that it doesn't necessarily sound like a cliche Western or anything, but the writing is very beautiful. And then when this orchestra comes in, I, I really like how, you know, it sort of tells a story um, and it takes its time to un- unfold. I-, I always enjoy when a piece of music can do that and especially can do it effectively because uh, this composer is is utilizing some beautiful harmonies and um, really well-crafted melody. And I'm, I I don't know. I'm also, as a composer, personally inspired when people are sort of humble about the way they present their ideas. They're not trying to, you know, shove their best thing in your face like immediately. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they'll, you know, they'll, you you have to wait a little bit before you you hear the great melodic statement. Um, and I, I sort of admire that that confidence, that that restraint. Absolutely. Naruke is such a talented composer. We're going to move on to one last track today from the first Wild Arms for the PS1. And I would argue that this is the main theme of the whole series, actually. This is uh, definitely the main theme of the first Wild Arms game, and it's definitely harkened back to in the later uh, subsequent entries. It's a beautiful piece of music in some ways maybe has the most direct influence from something like Morricone. You have a real whistler actually singing the melody here. So this is a recorded piece of music. It has acoustic guitar as well. It's very beautiful, very emotional. Let's take a listen to To the End of the Wilderness. guys listening to to the end of the wilderness from wild arms composed by the wonderful michiko naruke i would say maybe the strongest clearest uh theme in the whole series it's just very rousing very beautiful this is another interesting example of that fusion between the east and west because it starts off in my opinion feeling a little bit more straight japanese influence but then when that whistle comes in it's it's clear that it's evoking more of a western feel and then everything comes in in the perfect way the guitar and then the bass and the drums with the tambourine it just builds in a very powerful way yeah i love that progression too i I just want to talk a little bit about a a theory thing this Mm -hmm. track is is utilizing the dorian mode which Mm -hmm. it's probably one of the most frequently talked about (laughs) things on this podcast because yeah i don't know modes are, are such a big part of uh 
are such a big part of music and, and understanding music. And in video games, Dorian seems to be the de facto mode of choice, I think, either for sounding medieval or old fashioned, or I think a lot of, you know, pop and rock music uses it. It communicates some sort of noble power or heroism, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a track like this, I it, it definitely evokes the kind of, you know, Morricone Western palette in something that happens in this progression that I think is interesting. Um, thinking about that Dorian mode what makes it distinct is the raised sixth scale degree but the the cadence point if you will or you know where this piece uh, harmonically reaches its climax you have the the minor one chord and then the major four chord which that's that sort of Dorian sounding chord Mm -hmm. Um, but then it sort of cadences to a major five chord which you know if this piece were just in you know true classical minor we would be used to hearing you know a major dominant chord but in the Dorian mode it requires like a further chromatic um, alteration and there's something so triumphant of feeling like you're in minor but having both a major four and five chord it's yeah like it's kind of so a similar tri- effect that they first established in the classical era with the Picardy third it's kind of yeah that's yeah, yeah, what yeah. you're trying to get out of it you're trying to get a surprising totally. sense of optimism and hope and that's what you get in this theme it's very hopeful and strong mm-hmm. it's a great main theme to the series I think it's probably the best theme that uh, Noruke ever composed for the series and also this recording is just really great it's, it's not often in 1997 that we would get a recording of, of this budget. You know, it sounds really good even nowadays. I mean, I think the production choices were just spot on. Totally. I, I completely agree, Carl. And yeah, th- there's something about that um, optimism of major when you're expecting minor mm-hmm. uh, that I think w- really resonates with us. To me, th- this type of cadence is even more satisfying than like a, a Picardy third kind of moment. When, Carl says, Picardy, when Carl says Picardy third, he's, he's talking about in classical music when, you know, you have a piece in a minor key and then it ends um, in a major key in like the exact parallel so if you're in c minor it's ending in c major but this is what i find interesting about a lot of film composers and video game composers and you know sort of uh, i i almost want to say like post-classical music ways that Mm. they explore harmony um have to do with little moments like that it's it's not you know incredible it's not completely reinventing the wheel like we said it's types of concepts that we've seen before in music sure um, but it's it's finding new associations for them and, and that type of dorian progression in my mind just sounds so distinctly western it does and what's interesting is as the series continues it feels like naruke is able to stretch out a little bit more and not always go for that same cliche and there's a lot of pieces of music that are definitely more etched in the eastern influence that's what we're going to get with this next track as we move on to wild arms 2 the sequel which i believe was also on the ps1 this is a track called departure and it's very relaxing and beautiful but to me it feels like this is a hundred percent uh japanese influence here in the composition Let's take a listen and we'll discuss. This is Departure from Wild Arms 2.
This is a delight. You guys are listening to Departure from Wild Arms 2. Uh, might be my favorite uh, melody in Wild Arms 2. Wild Arms 2 is a good score. Uh, I don't think it is, um, to me, as like powerful as the first Wild Arms. There seems to be a little bit more filler from what I listen to, but also composed by the wonderful Michiko Naruke. Uh, and it's really a treat that in the series we're able to get such a diverse set of influences. You know, you have a track like this, which... Uh, there's absolutely no Western elements at all, and, and it, it's nice. It fits in. It's, I think one of the things that makes this fun to listen to musically and probably fun to play through the series is that you have this mix of influences. Yeah, I, I really agree with that. There's something so sweet about this track, and getting back to our point earlier, there's something universal about folk music and mm-hmm. folk melody. And the pentatonic that scale again. transcends, yeah, specific cultural associations. But beyond that, I think there's something about the Western American palette, and I mean specifically like Western films, you know, like the Old West, yep. and Japanese folk music, that there is this for whatever reason this strange symbiosis they they seem to fit together like a glove it's something that i first started thinking about you know when tarantino used all that morricone music in the kill bill films especially the mm-hmm. first one that was basically a samurai movie but he's using all of this uh western music and it it seemed so perfect like it was almost like as if that music was scored for that specific film Mm. um and so i I, there's something about those two cultures that go together well Uh, i don't know it's almost like how um you know they say some of the biggest influences for star wars were western westerns and japanese samurai movies. yeah there's there's something on a storytelling level that's that, universal about you know that. when when you think about you know the shogun or the or the samurai they were kind of like that's the japanese equivalent of the old west that's really wonderful we're going to hear again that wonderful east meets west fusion in this track and this is one of the most delightful examples of that it, it is east meets west but there's kind of also this minor key reggae influence in a track like this it's very groovy and fun we're going to listen to barren lands composed by michiko naruke from wild arms 2 Beautiful melody. You guys are listening to Barren Lands from Wild Arms 2. And yeah, overall, there definitely seemed to be a little bit more um, 
Eastern influence than Western in the second score, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the game just dictated that as far as the location and the plot and stuff. Um, but it's great to hear. You know, I think Naruke was really stretching out more on the second score and, and, and kind of establishing a wild arm sound. And that wonderful fusion of different influences comes together and it does make a very unique sound. Uh, this is just kind of classic wild arms. It's, it's very uh, charming. Yeah, I love the kind of uh, very shrill vibrato on that flute instrument. It's like a fake <laughs> whistle. I mean, it's, it. Isn't it yeah. kind of trying to be like a whistle? <laughs> oh, I guess so. <laughs> That's what I, I thought it was. It sounded like a flute, yeah. No, it, de- definitely. Um, th- there's a lot of charm, I think, to this era of, I guess, like general MIDI synth um, that mm-hmm. I, I really like and, and, and feels very connected to the video game tradition. The other thing that I enjoy is we've talked a lot about some of the influences for the music today, but I want to talk a little bit about what makes it distinct to games or what makes it distinct to uh, this specific composer in the era, in, in the era that, that she lived in. Um, and I think one clear giveaway for, I guess, uh, the more modern aspects of a track like this are the syncopated rhythms of the melody. It almost sounds like the type of melody you'd get in a pop song, which is that that's one of the things when we talk about, you know, classic video game music as its own genre. Um, and why we kind of argue that it is a genre, it's not just a medium, is because it's it's the specific combination of the influences of classical music and rock music and jazz and in, in, in this case, you know, film music. But that mixed together in this kind of clear and succinct package that is very singular and actually doesn't sound like any like any of the specific elements that influenced it. It starts to coalesce into its own genre. And mm-hmm. I think what I love and what I imagine a lot of people love about the Wild Arms series, it's not just that it's good music and it's not just that it's doing kind of an accurate pastiche, but it's that it's kind of appropriating all of those elements and still making it feel like classic video game music. Yeah. And, and, and I will say that Naruke has a very signature style of composition. And when I hear a track from the series, even if I didn't know, I feel like I could recognize, oh, that's Naruke, that's Wild Arms. It's just it's just a wonderful combination of sounds. And if anyone is a little bit, I don't want to say bored, but maybe falling asleep at all the soft and sweet music we've played, we're now going to move on to something a little bit more dramatic and intense. A little bit more blazing, you might say. Yes, blazing for sure. And that's an element of Wild Arms that's very present in all the scores, not as present on today's playlist. I think the best music in the series happens to be those sweeter, more ballads. But that doesn't mean that there isn't good uh, you know, battle music and climactic music. So we're going to feature some of it. Let's move on to the last track from Wild Arms 2. This is Night Blazer, Night with a K, composed by Michiko Naruke. Let's take a listen.
You guys are listening to Night Blazer. Blazing indeed from Wild, Ar- Wild Arms 2, composed by Michiko Naruke. See, f- for someone who spends a lot of time listening to video game music, you kind of have to develop this ability to love and embrace the cheese. Oh, and yes. This is, a, this is a track that definitely I feel like I'm flexing those muscles. Those kind of syncopated orchestra hit stabs mixed with all of the synth. Uh, very PS1. It's, yeah, it's so charming. It's so sweet. Yeah, very PS1 in terms of production, but musically, it, it you know it feels like classic video game music. I was mm. actually getting a little bit of a Naoshi Mizuta vibe. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the opening stage to Rockman and Forte. I know the instruments huh. are different and the presentation is different, but some similar things happening with the chords and yeah I, I i found this to be utterly charming and a really mm-hmm. nice change of pace for today's episode yeah wild arms 2 is a lot lighter in tone than the first one what's interesting is now guys we're going to move on to the third game in the series and that was definitely more serious i'm not sure if it was based on the, the setting and the plot of the game but it definitely feels like naruke is getting back to some of the things that inspired her in the first Wild Arms. So Wild Arms 3 is a more serious score. We're going to play two tracks. Um, I wasn't that blown away overall with this score, but there's a couple of really good standout melodies. This is one of them. I think we may have played this in our, was it our Sky episode? We had like a Clouds in Sky. It might have been in that episode. This is called Migratory Birds. It's a beautiful melody. Again, it's that classic Wild Arms sound. This is Wild Arms 3 here, composed by Michiko Naruke. Let's take a listen to Migratory Birds. Bringing that kick drum. This is groovy stuff. You guys are listening to Migratory Birds from Wild Arms 3. And it's really delightful to see how the technology is, is evolving and really Naruke as a composer is evolving. Uh, this holds up so much better than a lot of the stuff we've heard. Uh, she's definitely improving the, the kind of fake sine wave whistle here. It's, it sounds a lot better than it did in Wild Arms 2. Sure. <laughs> um, and just overall, you, you know, she's just really now confident and comfortable in this kind of musical world and, and this is just a very well composed track yeah again we're, we're we're using the dorian mode something that has happened on almost every single track today uh mm-hmm. but this melody is is really quite good i think um and uh i i imagine uh for a composer that has to do you know 
uh, installment after installment in a series like this. Um, there's probably something fun about returning to that musical palette, but also I imagine something very difficult about kind of returning to that fountain and hoping that you can pull out another great theme that you're not just kind of redoing the same thing again and again. Something that I so admire about a composer like John Williams where, you know, he can keep writing Star Wars scores and still write incredible character themes and kind of go back to that world that feels mm-hmm. distinctly Star Wars and is able to write new things there. Like I think that would be such an incredible challenge to not make it feel too different or too similar. Um, but I think this is an example of a track that absolutely nails that. I mean, in the in the mm-hmm. video game world, we have so many examples, almost way more than in film music, because uh, <laughs> I guess just games as a business are known for having so many sequels, and a lot of times composers do have to return to these worlds and continually, you know, add on to that glossary of, sure. of themes. And I think uh, this theme in particular, this migratory birds, is maybe Naruke's personal achievement of being able to recapture that original Wild Arms sound. It doesn't sound like anything other than Wild Arms, <laughs> um, but it is a singular melody. You know, you could show this to someone and it doesn't feel like there's a better version of it that exists. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely singular. Yeah. And she, she has a singular voice. Uh, it's interesting the way this playlist works out. Only half of the episode today is going to be Naruke compositions, and then we're moving on to other composers. Uh, a little bit sad, but, you know, she definitely gave her all for the, the games that she worked on. We we're going to have play... to mention that this track uh, utilizes that five-finger fanfare, the, the first five notes oh, we of missed the this one. minor scale. Yeah, da, 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 da. How did we miss this one? <laughs> there's Honestly, that just goes to show there's so many of those out there in video games. All right, well, let's play one more track from Wild Arms 3. Uh, and this is another very folk-influenced piece of music. In addition to maybe some Americana um, influence, I hear some Celtic influence as well in this very beautiful track. Uh, this is Scenery Called Every Day from Wild Arms 3. This is a masterful composition. 
We should mention that Wild Arms 3 was the first game uh, that was released for the PS2, so it's changing platforms here. It's one of the reasons why it sounds so much better. Also, it came out in 2002, so definitely much later than, uh, you know, the first two entries. So, sorry that we didn't mention that before, but that's why this sounds so much better. Better virtual instruments, probably a bigger budget. This is a really great track. Uh, I just love Noruke's style. This is another example when we're getting some reggae vibes in here, too. It's very groovy, you know, in addition to having all those folk influences that we talked about. Naruke always has this strong sense of groove. Um, it's sure. just kind of this minor key groove that just feels really good. Yeah, absolutely groove. And these melodies that communicate heroism, part of it has to do with that, you know, Dorian progression, like we were talking about earlier. But also the kind of the, the peaks and valleys of the melody. Uh, da, 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 right. It, it's on these very strident pitches, and it, it's um, there's, a, there's a confidence to it, even if it's just being played in a flute. Um, which I guess you might describe as more of a sweet instrument. Um, there's a there's a confidence to those notes. It almost feels heroic. You could imagine it being played by a whole brass choir or being belted out in the trumpets mm. in a heroic moment. It, it, what I what I so have enjoyed about Naruke's music is that it it feels like these melodies are more than just a tune for that track. They almost sound like motifs or, or character themes that you could imagine being brought back and utilized in in different ways. They they really they are, have yeah. that that catchy an effective quality that a great film theme does. Yeah, I just really happen to enjoy her style because in addition to Me too. to the the melodic gift and the sense of heroism, she just her music is so groovy and I think it's just one of those things that you can enjoy it on multiple levels and it's a little bit sad right. that now we're moving on to other composers. So that was pretty much half the playlist of today. Now we're going to move on to Wild Arms 4. But I'm excited to move on to some of these other people because they really spice things up, I, I think, in the series. Uh, so Wild Arms 4 was split between Naruke and uh, Masato Koda. And we're going to actually play two tracks uh, composed by Koda. Uh, he did some of the best work, I think, for this game. Now, this is definitely another folk-influenced piece of music. It's very soft and beautiful, humble, pastoral. Makes sense because it's a village theme here. So this is Stationary Village Seal. Let's take a listen to this from Wild Arms 4. You guys are listening to Stationary Village Seal, composed by Masato Koda. He's one of the composers that worked on Wild Arms 4. And this is 
I will say that moving into these other composers, there is uh, maybe a heightened sense of authenticity going deeper into some actual uh, previous existing genres. And that is very delightful to hear. This, this is wonderful composition. This is definitely moving into a different direction, but... More of a ballad you know, That's kind of what you need as you move into the future with, with video game series. You kind of do need to add a little bit more legitimacy, as I'm sure the graphics and gameplay is improving as well. It's really beautiful. Uh, the, the, the harmonic writing here is very sumptuous. The voicing of all the chords... It definitely feels very Japanese to me, um, but you know I'm also reminded of composers like Alan Silvestri a little bit. Um, but it's 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 so incredibly gorgeous and a little bit of like Broadway musical theater music, especially that that chromatic um, inner voice writing. I was actually remarking to you, Carl, when we were listening to it, that this sounds like something Marty would write, especially that, that moment that. Where, where the the oboe and clarinets are kind of playing the those chromatic inner voices that right. it just feels like uh, I don't know it just reminded me of him for some reason. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, in some ways, it, it was a little bit sad to, to to see that this fourth game was kind of now split between Uruke. That happens so many times as these composers get a little bit older, and you know, eventually the projects just split off into these collaborations. But I was actually it was kind of a breath of fresh air. I don't want to say that it was getting stale, but after listening to three full soundtracks of that Naruke style, I was kind of ready for a little bit of a change. So this, this to me, was was a welcome change. And, and Naruke still had some good compositions on four. Uh, five, as we're going to get to pretty soon, was actually the first one in the series that uh, she didn't work on at all, which is a little bit disappointing. Um, but the score is phenomenal, so I can't be too disappointed. All right, let's move on to one more from four. This is another Masato Koda composition. And it's a very similar vibe to what we just heard. Very sweet and humble. Uh, this is, I think, a little bit more of a smaller ensemble here. Um, and I think it's a waltz as well. Let's take a listen to Port Rosalia from Wild Arms 4. You guys are listening to Port Rosalia from Wild Arms 4, featuring some nice accordion here, nice change of pace. Again, some different folk uh, influence than we've heard before, maybe some European folk, as well as some American. This is, again, composed by Masato Koda, bringing some new vibes, some new sounds to the Wild Arms series. Will, what are your thoughts on this track? I love it. I love the accordion and mandolin. It's very French. It's very Italian. Um, 
<laughs> definitely brings a, a different flavor to the series, I think. But a very charming piece. And it's I also do have Dorian, to say, though, <laughs> yeah, the, the melody feels like a Wild Arms melody. There's something heroic about those intervals. And, yeah, again, using the Dorian mode in that way. Um, it, it, it's kind of it, it's bringing in some new influences into the mix, but it's not completely abandoning the, the style of, of that series. Right. No, absolutely. I t- totally agree. And we're going to move on to my favorite score. I will say probably if I had to pick one, I think five is is the best. Never would have thought that. I had never actually listened to it before preparing for this episode. So I'm really glad that I got to do that. So this was the first entry that was not composed at all by Michiko Naruke. This was instead composed by, once again, Masato Koda. He returned to work on this as well as a composer that we are familiar with this year. This is Noriyasu Agamatsu, who did the wonderful soundtrack of Final Fantasy Brave Exvius that we spotlighted on earlier this summer. We really sung his praises. He's just a phenomenal modern composer, and so this was a great collaboration between those two. We're now going to move on to the first track of this game, and it happens to be this week's Track of the Week. This is the fifth Vanguard, which is what this game was called in Japan. It was called Wild Arms, the fifth Vanguard. Over here, it was called Wild Arms 5. This is taking everything uh, that Naruke contributed and kind of created and paying a lot of reverence to her, but also bringing it into a new generation. Let's take a listen to the fifth Vanguard. Yasu Agamatsu just cleans up. <laughs> what a phenomenal composer. This is so powerful. You know, having listening, having listened to a little smattering of the previous series and then getting to this, it's so emotional. It's really taking everything that was working about the series mm-hmm. and just elevating it with the production, the real performance. Just phenomenal track. This is the fifth Vanguard composed by Noriyasu Agamatsu. 
Well, and it, it's, it's, it brings a new energy to it, both in terms of um, the, the real musicians, mm-hmm. uh, but the compositional style, there's, there's a confidence. And e- even with the arrangement, I like how they start with something that feels relatively familiar. And then they bring in that bigger. Yeah. yeah and, then, <laughs> and then it just kind of Well, just the sense up. of flourish and majesty this track has with the... You almost have like a mariachi trumpet sound mixed in there. It's just a joy. But then again, it's still like the the Japanese pop thing. Those types of syncopated rhythms for a melody. It it still feels like game music. Um, Yeah, this was a delightful choice for track of the week. Uh, because so I good. do think it's indicative of the series overall, and it's kind of like a, it's a pinnacle point, you know? Well, and that's exactly what we're going to hear with another track. We're going to be treated to another Agamatsu composition that, that does the same thing that this track does as far as taking what is good about the series and just kind of, in some ways, elevating it. This is a track called On the Day the Shovel Was Named Invincible. <laughs> Someone tweet at us. Let me know the context of this in the game here. Again, another Agamatsu composition featuring real whistling. It's really great to, to bring back that real whistling performance. I wonder if it might be Agamatsu doing the whistling here, but whoever does really does a great job. We're going to get some acoustic guitar. We're going to get some castanets. It's going to be great. Let's take a listen to this track from Wild Arms 5. <laughs> This is amazing. You guys are listening to On the Day the Shovel Was Named Invincible from Wild Arms 5, composed by the phenomenally talented composer Noriyasu Agamatsu. And as much as we sung the praises of his work on Final Fantasy Brave Exvius, he really outdid himself on this score. This was way before that. This was potentially one of the first video games he worked on. He does... uh, he, he was one of the founders of a group called Elements Garden, which is a composition uh, and like music production group. And, and, and that is uh, the team that was hired, uh, I think, in the next Wild Arms series, which came out uh, for the PSP, which we're going to play out with today. That entire Elements Garden team was, was hired to, to compose it. But yeah, he's just a phenomenal composer. This actually has some elements of like the Gust sound team something that you might hear in like the Atelier series, kind of giving those guys maybe a little bit of competition, but this is just a treat to listen to. Yeah, it's just delightful. I love the melody, love the chords, love the energy. Uh, I also love the mixture of recorder and whistle. They're such a similar timbre. Mm. 
Um, the writing is just so good. There's um, a silliness about this track, but yeah. the composition is so <laughs> earnest and so good that it just makes you smile, and you don't even really know <laughs> where that smile's coming from. I love the melody. It's fun. It's silly. It reminds me of Yoshi's Island, that part. Oh, I could see that. It's just great. Having real whistle is just... I don't know. It's really hard to not smile listening to this music. And I will say that Masato Koda was no slouch uh, in his contributions to the score. We're luckily going to move on to a couple of his contributions here. Let's do that now. Let's move on to a track that he composed called I'll Return Here Someday. This is very sweet from Wild Arms 5. This is just delightful. What a heartfelt melody here. This is I'll Return Here Someday, composed by Masato Koda from Wild Arms 5, and definitely also bringing the wonderful compositions as well. What a great collaboration this was. This just feels like I'm sitting on the porch during sunset, maybe with a guitar, um, you know, putting my feet up. This is a oh, very harmonica. relaxing... <laughs> yeah. Uh, and actually a mandolin, too. Not a banjo, surprisingly, but yeah, a lot, very strong Americana vibes here. Yeah, completely. Perfect for a Western, but there's also a really uh, sweet, innocent folk quality to it. We should mention that Wild Arms 5 was a very big change of pace for the series because the whole aesthetic and tone of the game was a lot more modern, apparently, than the previous games. So maybe that's one of the reasons why they brought in these, uh, these new composers. It's very possible. But I'm really glad they did because they're... I mean, again, I, I love Machiko Naruke, and I'm a big fan of the, the work that she did for the series, but gosh, it's really hard to, to top this, this score. All right, let's move on to another track by Masato Koda. This one is called, this is a long title, Only Because It's Important Does It Easily Break. Let's take a listen to this from Wild Arms 5.
You guys are listening to Only Because It's Important Does It Easily Break, composed by the wonderful Masato Koda. This is from great. Wild Arms 5. It's this very reminiscent, beautiful. very reminiscent of that morning of the journey, that solo roads track from the first Wild Arms, but I would say this maybe outdoes it. It's very beautiful. It's really beautiful, and I, I love hearing a Japanese video game composer just kind of, I don't know, <laughs> be comfortable Going all in, in their own skin. Yeah. <laughs> Everything about this, the voicing of the chords, the specific chords, the melody, you know, the landing on the ninth scale degree. Just that uh, J-pop ballad style. So emotional and earnest. And like you said, Will, it's just, it's really going all in on the emotion and there's no subtlety here. You know, it's like Coda is just leaving everything in the track. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just great. Really beautiful. All right. That's, that's very beautiful. And like we said earlier, uh, a lot of ballads, a lot of soft, sweet music today, but we don't want you guys to fall asleep, so we're going to move on to something a little bit more intense. I think it's about time. This is another Agamatsu composition, and this is Terrible Monster Attacking Crew. Here we go. <laughs> guys listening to terrible monster attacking crew from wild arms five wow this came out of left field this kind of weird metal meets edm meets orchestral i wonder if there's anyone like a long fan of the wild arms series that was a little bit kind of maybe offended or or surprised by this very different change in in musical tone it definitely doesn't this does not feel like wild arms at all well what do you think about this yeah but it's just so good it doesn't matter <laughs> i know that I know. rocking that's my energy opinion too. with piano and uh, the, the one aspect that does feel like wild but the thing arms, is i don't i i'm not like a longtime fan of the game so i guess that's what i'm curious about i'd be curious to hear like an opinion of someone who's been with the series i think since the beginning there's a general heroism and a mixture of a blending of different genres and styles if you will that i think is one of the tenets of this series so i I do think this Hmm. this fits right in i mean it's just as similar as that only because it's important does it easily break track you know i mean that kind of solo road sound doesn't have anything to do with also the it does remind me a little bit of the zaniness of that night blazer theme from wild arms 2 which must have been a battle i'm assuming both of these are boss themes um so yeah i think there are these quirky elements just because we didn't play them on the playlist today there were these kind of oddball tracks that the series saw so you know it it makes sense and yeah we are in case anyone's curious we're playing a lot of wild arms 5 tracks today i think seven in total so we have two more um so so i don't know i just think this this score 
is is war- warrants that because it's, it's particularly Agamatsu's it's work. It's really firing on all cylinders. Yeah. The melodies are are fantastic. The instrumentation is the most robust that we've heard so far in the series. Mm-hmm. And there's just a lot of creativity and energy. I know I keep using that word, but it, it really is very potent. And I think going from soundtrack to soundtrack, Wild Arms 5 seems just so vibrant and filled with all this vitality and other V right. words that I like. Well, now we're going to move on to a track, another Noriyasu Agamatsu composition from Wild Arms 5. This is A Boy Meets a Girl and Arms. <laughs> a Girl and Arms as well, not Girl Arms. Uh, okay, so this is going to throw you for a loop. I, I just don't want anyone to have a heart attack here. Starts off with a very soft, delicate solo piano, but then very quickly he brings the rock. So be prepared for that, guys. Let's take a listen. Awesome culmination of everything that we've learned and listened to today. This is just phenomenal. You guys are listening to A Boy Meets a Girl and Arms. Does he ever? Composed by Noriyasu Agamatsu from Wild Arms 5. So good. It's just so, so delightful. good. This, this is what I want modern video game music to sound like. <laughs> you know, it takes everything that we love about the classic era the energy, the melodic craft, the sense of fun. But, it, I mean, take this melody here. Naruke would love this because it features that classic whistling, um, you know, some triumphant Western connotations, but it's with that kind of rock groove underneath it with the drums and bass and guitar. You know, it's something that she kind of established earlier. Well, and and hearing an octave string melody with those syncopated rock rhythms is something that just makes me so happy and so excited. Uh, Yeah, just grinning from ear to ear. It it might be like growing up on on Michael Jackson or or kind of like the, the, the latter end of like the disco era where string writing was like an everything. Um, but I just find that stuff so charming. Yeah, I just I love that stuff. Like, right. It just makes me so happy. Well, there's one other kind of cliche American Western sound that we haven't heard yet today, but luckily we're going to kind of end things with that. Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, it's that slight distorted electric guitar sound, that kind of country influence that you get in a lot of Western movies. Uh, we're going to end with that. This is The Dry Wind Blows Over You. Again, the last track from Wild Arms 5, composed by Noriyasu Agamatsu. Let's take a listen. Mm-hmm. 
need more castanets. <laughs> you guys are listening to the dry wind blows over you. Last track of the day here. This is from Wild Arms 5. I adore this series. I mean, just some phenomenal music. We really tried to, to put in the best we could find today on this episode. So hopefully if there's any fans of the Wild Arms series, hopefully we did a, a good job of picking some of the best music. Um, yeah, thanks to all of our uh, patient listeners over the years who have, you know, suggested us, oh, you should, you know, tackle Wild Arms. Long overdue, but we're really glad we did. What a delight. This has been so much fun. Uh, to me, this episode was a pleasant surprise. I, yeah. Um, I, I wasn't super familiar with the music to Wild Arms. I knew the tracks that we had played so far on the show. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I really didn't know what to expect, and I was just delighted by it. All this stuff kind of just... Maybe it caught me on the right day or just hit the spot, but it's all very feel-good music. There were so many fantastic melodies, and I like the way that, in my mind, this sort of is is situated within the body of game music as a whole. It, it, hmm. it sort of fits snugly right in there. And, yeah. um, I, you know, I, I just always admire these composers that are able to draw influences from specific sources, but kind of through their own unique compositional voice and by borrowing from different things, they're, they're able to create something truly new. And what's been fun about going through yeah. every game in this series is you start to know, you start to notice that there really is a distinctive style to the Wild Arms games. There definitely is. And we have to thank the original series composer, Michiko Naruke, for her wonderful contributions uh, and, and style. And also these later composers, such as Agamatsu and Koda, for kind of taking it into the next generation bang up job all the composers to this series we're going to play you guys out with one track from the most recent entry it's called wild arms xf and it was released for the psp and to my knowledge it featured the entire uh, elements garden sound team featuring agamatsu and some others this is a track uh that we're going to play out with that was composed by agamatsu performed by uh, the japanese vocalist kaori oda so it's kind of like a Japanese pop song featuring some, you know, intense heroism that the series is known for. Great way to play you guys out. We're excited. Next week, we're going to be doing an episode, uh, Metroid Revisited. It's our second revisited episode that we're going to do this season where we're going back to some of our favorite video game music. Pretty much, the for the most part, the same playlist that was featured in a really old episode, I think from season two. Uh, from the Metroid series and kind of give our our current uh, opinions and kind of check back in with the series. So that's going to be a lot of fun next week. Well, and also it's a fitting time to do that because there's a new game in the Metroid series that just came out last week. Yeah, the uh, sort of a a remake reimagining of of Metroid 2 for the 3DS. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll actually feature a track from that game on next week's episode. Or from the the project that no one can speak of. (laughs) Project that... Nintendo tried to sweep under the rug. Maybe we should feature something from that, too. Um, how, how funny is that? That <laughs> that was, you know, I don't think anyone realized that would happen, like, once they shut that down, and then all of a sudden they come out with their own Metroid 2 remake. Um, I felt really bad times. for that uh, creator because I was mm-hmm. following that project for years. Really I, I cool wish he would have done it sooner because, I mean, he was working for so long right. that, and, you know... In my it, humble opinion, I think s- some much more creative choices were done with the music of that than um, Samus Returns. But, but, you know, neither here nor there. I have yet to play the game, so I definitely look forward to... Will, will you let me borrow your 3DS sometime so I can play that? Sure, man. 
I actually had to recently sell mine, which now I'm regretting. Okay, wait, no, now you're not going to get to borrow it. Why would you sell a Nintendo system? How dare you? I honestly, I hadn't played my 3DS for probably two and a half years, and I just felt like there would be someone else out there who could get more fun out of it than me. So it felt like the right thing to do. But all right, guys, that's what we have uh, in store next week. Stick with us. We have some really fun episodes coming up this season, some some different things that we're going to try out too. Uh, some points of business here. Uh, if anyone is interested in supporting us, the best way to do that is on our Patreon. Uh, one of the reward tiers is uh, you get to pick an episode topic that we record. We also have some exclusive albums that you can download once you become a patron and some other fun things as well. So you can check that out. We're on Twitter at Marcado Bros. You can find us on Facebook. Also, we have a YouTube channel in which we post, um, you know, snippets of podcast episodes. Uh, there's a couple of full uh, recorded video episodes, like our episode 200 um, is on there, as well as a lot of fun Marcado Band covers. So definitely check that out. And then thanks so much for everyone for subscribing and leaving nice iTunes reviews. That has really been helpful. So you guys are the best. I think we're going to leave you with this Lies of Truth from Wild Arms XF. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Bergerman. Have a great week, everyone. Peace out. Uh-